millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Full Throttle. It's episode 21 already, and I'm sat on a bench here with Neil McKenzie at the top of the Cadwell Park paddock. I am knackered. I've only walked up that ramp from the pit lane area to here. I'm not very fit, obviously. Long, long weekend, but logistics at Cadwell mean that you get fit. Uh, maybe not the, the best logistically, but you get fit after a weekend, trips not down, but it's an amazing place, and uh, no one can knock it, whatever the weekend brings. And what did the weekend bring? Well, Leon Haslam, he's done the double, hasn't he? It's the third time he's done a double here. I think that's eight wins for the season now. But it's not over yet, though. It's all going to be pretty much reset when that showdown starts. That's right. Leon's in the showdown. There's no question about that. He's looking good uh, with podium credits as far as the championship goes. But it's far from over. And we know everything pretty much starts from scratch again once the, the top six are, are decided for the remainder of the season. Um, going into this weekend, you just never know what's going to happen at Cadwell because it's such a tricky technical track. Uh, and it's so easy to make a mistake and have a little slip off. Uh, Danny Buckin was, was one guy that uh, he didn't have the best weekend. He's been looking good all year. Uh, but it really is. Uh, thankfully, the weather stayed fair. There was a few spots of rain. That could have really caused a bit of chaos. But as far as that side of things goes, it was really good. Yeah, I couldn't believe that, actually. The rain just started coming down, didn't it, before that first superbike race earlier on today. Cadwell in the, well, Cadwell in the dry is uh, risky enough, isn't it, for incidents? Cadwell in the wet... Well, you know better than me. Well, the surface, there's no issues with the surface at all. It's super grippy surface, it's in good condition, it's consistent all the way around, but it's narrow. And, and there's very few curbs here on the exit corners, so you really have to be inch perfect every lap. And for the guys on uh, 220 brake horsepower superbikes, it really is like threading a needle through some of the faster sections yeah. of the track. But anyway, that, that didn't happen. Still didn't dry, it's still, still very tricky, but we had nothing but exciting races for the lead and for, for both superbike podiums. So yeah, it was a great weekend. It's party and part weekend for all the locals and for everyone else in the UK. And it delivered in, in every respect as usual. As you can probably hear, it's quite windy here now. You can hear some of the trucks. That's the Olin's truck just about to go past us. Jake Dixon's just giving us a thumbs up and a wave. He's going back to his motorhome. Let's go through them one by one pretty much then, those front runners, Neil. We've talked about Leon Haslam. What about Jake Dixon? He was obviously really annoyed with himself that he'd made that mistake, but he had a go, didn't he? And he only lost one place in the end. He did, yeah. He's not over it yet. I just spoke to him, and he, he's still a little bit fuming and upset with himself. <laughs> but he's a winner. He knows he can win races, and he really expected to win here at Cadwell Park. He had winning pace all weekend. He led 
the second race. Uh, he comes strong in the end of the first race. So it's all right. He's he scored podium credits. I know he's disappointed not to win, but also that Leon grabbed a few more uh, podium credits on him, and that's something he doesn't want at this stage. But there's three more chances at Silverstone before the showdown gets going proper, and he, he can fight back there. Yeah, absolutely. Peter Hickman, I'll just throw in the mix there, because I thought he's had a really solid weekend again. He's still not quite yet over that kidney infection either, is he? said he's been feeling really, really down and, and you know, weak. So is Jake Dixon, actually, for that matter. That's right, yeah. Jake had an infection this week as well, but, yeah, it seems to be the common thing, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the fashion at the minute. But Peter Hickman's still the strong weekend. He's always good at Cadwell. Um, and he was strong here this weekend. He had good solid points, two safe solid finishes, so he's looking good for the showdown. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he, he maybe expected a little bit better, but under the circumstances, I, I think he did a good job. Brad Ray's had a really good weekend, hasn't he? I was just chatting with um, Stuart Hick and his team boss down at Hawk Racing, and they reckon he never really faded away. He said Brands was the real low point when they had problems with engine braking and some other issues. But it does seem from the outside, Neil, that Brad Ray started the season really well, double winner at Donington, sort of disappeared off the face of the earth, and he's back again. Why is that? Uh, his form never goes away, we know that. A few issues with the bike, he made a few mistakes and fell off, and that might have been down to the bike, who knows. But, yeah, the last podium he had was second round at, at Brands, so he's very much back on form. Fortunately, he did a mega job beginning of the year, and he, he was solidly into the top six, but that was gradually slipping away. He's turned it all in his head here. Two second places is just what he wanted, going to Silverstone. He'll go there more comfortable and confident uh, and hopefully get the job done. So, yeah, great to see. Suzuki was really fast. I reckon yeah. it was the fastest bike this weekend. Both him and Cooper had ridiculously fast bikes, but yeah. taking nothing away from the riding. Uh, and Brad Ray, Brad Ray made, made the most of things. Josh Brooks, been a little bit sorry for Josh. It's not the end of the world. He's still going to be in the showdown, isn't he? But a bit of a problem, it seems, with that McCam's Yamaha retirement from race two. But they didn't really seem to get it together all weekend, did they? They struggled in qualifying as well. Lots of setup issues in qualifying. He didn't get happy in no. race one. He put a lap in at the end, which gave him a better grid position for race two. Uh, he was looking like top four, solid top five, which would have been OK. Yeah. Uh, but uh, mechanical problems, so no points at all in race two. But like you said, he's going to be on it at Silverstone. And hopefully hopefully uh, keep his place in the showdown. Danny Buchan, he's a guy who's lost out this weekend. He was sick in the standings coming into it, and we've got <laughs> lots of antics going on in the background. That was Brad Ray on one scooter. I didn't catch who it was near on the other one. I think it was... Fraser uh, Rogers. Uh, Fraser Rogers, it was. Uh, oh, he's actually managed to uh, pull the cap off Bradley Ray's head, which he stops. He's carrying two... He's on a scooter, if you can picture this. He's got two trophies around his left arm. His cap and his right. I don't know how he's managing to hold on. Anyway, Danny Buchan, yeah. yeah, he was sixth, wasn't he, coming into it, went down earlier on. Again, it's not all over, but he's lost points this weekend. Disaster for him, really, because he, he's been solid all year, made no mistakes, uh, got caught a little bit in the brakes trying to catch Leon, and, and down he went. Race two was damage limitation, come through from 18th yeah. to 8th, so all good for Danny, and he can just go to Silverstone, give it his all, and hopefully things work out there. So have a quick listening to the interviews then. Top three, same top three actually, wasn't it? In the two races, I spoke with Matt Roberts and with Rachel earlier on. Well, it was far from easy for Leon Haslam in race one. They were his words after the race and it was far from easy as well in race two. Pushed all the way to the final lap by Jake Dixon. But it's a double for the pocket rocket and unfortunately for Jake, it's third place again. He's with Rachel. Yeah, two third place this weekend for Jake Dixon, who's with me now. Jake, you pushed it all the way. Didn't quite work out for you there, did it, on the final lap? Yeah, like I said, I'll always have a go. Um, just, I just got pushed 
right to the grass and I had to let off the brakes because I was going to just ram him. And it's a little bit naughty, but still fantastic ride to Brad and, and Leon. Uh, they both rode mega races and obviously thank you to my team. Done a fantastic job all weekend and uh, yeah, good job I stayed up and uh, motocross came into it then. But yeah, just like to say a massive thank you to all my sponsors and the team. And this weekend as well, you've also secured your showdown spot. That must take, I guess, a bit of pressure off your shoulders as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, I'm happy to secure myself in there. Now I can just think about just getting podium credits. So yeah, it's good. Awesome work. Well done, Jake. Cheers, thank you. And then in second position, here we go, Brad Ray, back on the podium again this weekend, smiling, awesome result. How are you feeling? Over the moon, honestly. Uh, it's so nice to, to be back on the podium and to be up with the front boys again and having a feeling with my bike that I'm comfortable with and can, can push with the front boys. So, yeah, I'm so happy about that. And, and uh, it's, it's so vital to, to get podiums and get podium credits for the showdown. And, uh, yeah, I tried to tried to stay with Jake and Leon when they come past, but I had a few moments, and uh, on my pit board I had P3 plus six seconds, so there was only four laps to go, so I tried to, to keep the gap uh, and not do anything stupid, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately Jake Jake went on the grass on the last lap to to hand me over second, but, yeah, like I said, it was nice to, to be sat in a podium place and, uh, yeah, get a double podium here and, and some more points for the championship, and uh, so, so, so happy. Thanks to the team. It's lovely to see you back smiling. Congratulations, Brad. Thank you very much. There we go. And then our winner, a third double here at Cadwell for Leon Haslam. I mean, Jake there pushed you all the way, didn't he? Yeah, I knew the attack was coming. Uh, it was one of them. Uh, I felt real comfortable when I was behind him, but when I was in front, it was you knowing how hard to push. And when you're in front, you set yourself up to it for a manoeuvre that way. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought I'd timed it right. And I got a really bad run on that last lap going on to that back straight. And I knew he was going to have a go. And... Uh, I tried to squeeze him and go as late as I can, and luckily it worked out in my favour. But, uh, yeah, really good battle, and, uh, yeah, over the moon. There's nine victories for you now here. Everyone complains and says it's, it's quite a difficult circuit, but you kind of make it look easy. What is your secret? Um, it's quite a, an aggressive circuit, and you really have to be aggressive with the bike. Um, you know, you have to be quite accurate with uh, where you need to be because it's such a narrow track. And I don't know, I've just always enjoyed it, you know, uh, controlled aggression, as they say, and it seems to work out. Well done. Pleasure to watch. Congratulations, Leon. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Rachel. We've got Lee Hardy here, uh, team boss uh, for the RAF regular reserves. Kawasaki of uh, Jake Dixon. Lee, let's get your take a little bit on the move there on the final lap with Leon, because I don't think Jake seemed too happy. He, he was diplomatic with his answers there, but uh, I don't think he yeah, was too he wasn't, happy. He wasn't happy, to be honest, and I'm not really. Obviously, the smallest track on the calendar that you come to here is it's hard to pass anyway. So when you're going into park like that and you're trying to make a move and overtake and you've got a rider there who's got his leg out at 90 degrees. I understand that everyone's doing a bit of leg dangling nowadays, but it's more to, it seems like it's more to an advantage to the rider than it is actually for any for anything else. And I just said to the guys there, it's like, oh, he does it at every corner every time. And I said, well, look back at the footage when he's overtaking Bradley Ray. He hasn't got it stuck out at 90 degrees then. So yeah, it just, it just made it hard. It narrowed the entry, entry to the to park for Jake. Just made it hard to get into the corner. Hence, he ran straight on. We did notice um, Jake spoke a little bit after the first race, didn't he, about the speed of his bike. It looked to be a little bit uh, more on par with Leon's. I think Whit mentioned in the, in the commentary that, you know, maybe Leon's bike just had a little bit, but Jake seemed really, really strong and was able to get alongside him pretty much every time. Yeah, no, definitely. And obviously, one thing we've been doing all year uh, to make the bike easier for him to ride, we have been taking power away a lot. So, yeah, we're just there for the second race. We added a bit more power back in for him. And uh, as you can see, it's made it a bit easier for him. Well, it's a double podium anyway for you boys. Lee, I'm sure you'd rather be on the top step, step but yeah. showdown confirmed as well. You guys are going to enjoy the celebrations. Thank Cheers, you. Cheers, thanks. Congratulations.
There you go, then there's the top three reactions. Let's quickly move straight on, actually, to the Star Tweet. Star Tweet here, Neil. I've gone with uh, this one from Ryan. Hi, Ryan, at um, HMS GP News. And he's asking for our thoughts on Leon's jump start. Um, because, and it's not the first time I've heard this. I don't know whether you noticed this. Leon Haslam seemed to move off the line in race two. He wasn't given a jump start, but a few people seem to think he did. What do you reckon? First I've heard of it, I didn't see it. I'll need to watch on yeah, Sky, need to Sky watch. Plus everything. I'll go and watch when <laughs> yeah. I get back home. It's too late now for anyone to do anything, so yeah. we need to go over that one. But I wasn't aware of it, and I was the first I'd heard of it. But the, our ever-observant uh, fans and spectators, I'm sure they don't. They never miss a trick. He did stick that leg out a little bit. <laughs> Jake did get played like a pack of cards there, yeah, to be he did. fair. Um, yeah. But Leon, Leon used all of his experience. And, you know, it it's, it's almost sounds disrespectful of me to say that Jake got played. But, you know, Leon led him up the garden path, basically, and then, uh, and then opened the gate for him to go out the other end of it. And uh, unfortunately, that's what happened, you know, and, and mm. you know, cost him a lot of time and ultimately cost him second place as well. But, you know, you have to have a go. You can't, you can't get to the last lap of a race and not have a go at trying to win it. You know, if you're there, you're alongside the man that's going to win it you've got to have a go and um the leg dangling was another part of the question as well what did you make we've had a few tweets actually about this what did you make of the lang the leg dangling in front of jake dixon i mean it, it was a bit touch and go is it dangerous or not not really some riders do some don't leon does it pretty much every lap uh if you're a rider thinking about a pass you've just got to barge on through it so van Gintoli did it famously last year when he won in Assen. so you just got to <laughs> ignore that it. it's there it's uh, the rider that dangles his leg out that's uh, it does kind of uh, throw you a little bit if you're the rider that's trying to pass but really it's the rider that's dangling his leg that's uh, risking a little bit so uh, you just got to get in your head that it'll move out of the way if you hit it so Leon's, yeah, yeah, Leon's yeah, the latest yeah, to go past yeah, on a scooter. In fact, Mark Cooper's tweeted in there, Neil, and he said the Haslam 90-degree leg dangle, as he describes it, is it time to ban it? So, I mean, there's clearly people seem a little bit... Yeah. <laughs> some people seem a bit upset by this. No, yeah, I'm sure everyone will keep their eye on it, but, yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, it's, Have you it's distracting. It? No, no, way before my... I've done it uh, involuntarily, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, um, yeah, it doesn't really, really bother me, but, yeah, it's, uh, we'll keep our eye on things. If it does get dangerous, it obviously will be looked at. Thing is though, is he just doing that, you know, to keep himself balanced and stabilise himself, or is he strategically doing that? Not just Leon, anyone else who does it. Are they strategically doing it, you know, to try and prevent people from passing them? I'd say Leon isn't. It's part of his running yeah, style. Yeah. It's a balancing thing on the brakes. Yeah. So he's not deliberately doing it to try and knock people off. So let's move on to Tech Talk. There's not anything really I can think of, Neil. <laughs> particularly technical that we need to go into this week. Tyres was one thing I wanted to quickly talk about, about what they would have done if it rained. They do have an inter, as it's known, available, don't they, and a wet. But yeah, again, there's didn't nothing... Happen. Didn't, didn't happen. happen. Nah, didn't happen, no. Everyone on both races used the zero rear. Yeah. Without exception. Uh, and the only riders that used a different tyre was the Ducatis. They used the softer front, and that's, that's the norm. Everyone else is on the inter front. On a similar note, what I would like to ask you about, if you don't mind, is why do we seem to have such, you know, such variety in BSB? If you compare it to the World Superbike Championship at the moment, which has obviously got a MotoGP team in a superbike field, basically, against the rest of them, that's more clear-cut, isn't it, with Kawasaki there? But is this because of the nature of the British circuits as well? I mean, they are very varied, very different, aren't they? But Brad Ray's up there one weekend, Cooper led a race at Brands, Danny Buchan has his... You know, there's, everyone has their day here, don't they? Combination of everything. We've got, we've got perfect rules, we've got manufacturers that have got parity, everything. Anyone with a reasonable budget can build a competitive bike. <laughs> Uh, we've got incredibly challenging tracks. Uh, they're not like the tracks in MotoGP or World Superbikes. So, so the riders have to they have to 
be used to them. They have to have their bikes working really well. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a much bigger challenge in many ways. And we've got all kinds of nationalities out there and, and a dozen talented riders fighting for the podium every weekend. So we just, we're very lucky. We're very fortunate. We take nothing mm. for granted, but we've just got a brilliant format. Nearly time to go here. Here's the chequered flag. So it's really getting interesting now, isn't it? Three races to go at Silverstone, Neil, before the showdown kicks in. Uh, it's maybe a bit unfair here, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Who are your six contenders for the showdown? We've got a long way to go. There's three races. A lot can happen, but who would you go for? We know Haslam's in. We know Dixon's in. I don't know if anyone else is confirmed now after that second race. Who would you go for? It's not rocket science. Dixon, uh, of course. Uh, Brooks. Brooks. Brooks is a solid prospect. Bradbury. Of course, yeah. Hickman is, is strong. He's a big, strong lad. He's going to be fitter, yeah. and and yeah, I guess Buckingham's going to be knocking on the door. It, it, it's it's far from certain. Uh, we know we know the, we know the definites, but uh, that's the great thing about BSB. We just talked about about the format. The, the unpredictability yeah. is is part of the charm. I mean, realistically, I mean, we haven't got some standings in front of us here, but it's I think it's really only the last spot. I think, isn't it? That's really yeah. going to be. Yeah. You've got. I mean, yeah. who's in the mix there? A Halloran. Michael Laverty certainly coming into the weekend wasn't out of it. I don't know how the standing is not quite now. Uh, Shaky's obviously there, but he's not going to be racing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm missing anyone out there, but I can't see too many changes now, personally. Yeah, Christian Eden might be. Oh, Eden, yeah, Eden, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about Silverstone then? Very different to Caldwell Park. Up and down, it's all over the place here. Very flat at Silverstone. What's the prediction? Different. Well, everyone can go and commit there. There's no one going to be riding at 95%. It'll be 100% from everyone, including all the spoilers uh, that are not on the show there, and they want to end the season on a high, so expect as much action as ever. Rupali Neil, as you're here, last question. Quick word on Taryn and Taylor, how they got on this weekend. I'm not going to lie, I've not seen too much of what Taylor's been doing, but Taryn's had a really positive one despite the crash. Taryn was one of the few riders not to test here, so he had yeah. a brilliant cadwell, uh, eighth in race one. Uh, ninth fastest lap, strong. Uh, he got frustrated by Richard Cooper a little bit in race two, and when he finally got past, pushed a bit too hard and went down, but still had a strong cadwell. Taylor didn't race this weekend because his team, Batham's team, is at the Classic TT. Of course, that's, why, for, that's why, why I didn't back, see him there. He'll be back for Silverstone. <laughs> Thanks very much for that. I will see you really soon, and we will be back for Silverstone on Eurosport and the Eurosport player, and we'll be back with a podcast before Silverstone next week, so speak to you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.